Hello, welcome to the Grace Life Podcast. The message you're about to hear, if diligently applied, will absolutely change your life. We're praying that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, will give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him, thereby allowing the eyes of your understanding to be enlightened. Now let's join the service already in progress with Pastor West. You can turn to the scripture if you want to. Or you can listen. But I'm quoting Proverbs 17. And that's going to work just fine for what I'm for where I'm headed. There's a there's a, a verse that you you all know very well. It's in the the extended book of Jude, which is one chapter. But it says, Beloved, or beloved, build yourself up in your most holy faith. How do we do that? I almost heard you. Praying in the Holy Ghost. Well, what do we think that means, praying in the Holy Ghost? Well, we might think it means praying in tongues. I think it think it does but I think it means more than that you know praying in the Holy Ghost would be praying by his direction and he may not even direct you to pray in tongues he might direct you to pray in English or if you're from Portugal or whatever whatever that language is he might have you pray that way or if you're Hispanic he might have you praying you know just talking your in that language but we, we definitely know that from many scriptures that we build ourselves up, we charge ourselves up, we help ourselves, and we bless ourselves when we give ourselves to Him. Did you hear what I said? When we give ourselves to Him, He helps us. I don't know about you, but I need help all the time. Yes. Does anyone here not ever need help? And, uh, I went somewhere to go pick up something today, and I could tell it was going to be a bit heavy. So I was going to ask the man who worked there, you think you could help me load this? And I looked, and he had two prostheses for legs. And I said, nah, I don't think I'll ask him. <laughs> so I sat there, and I looked at it. And there was no one around, and I said, hmm, Holy Spirit, you are my strength. And uh, and you're going to have to really be my strength to pick this up. Well, he was. And he was there. Did you know, in the Holy Spirit, he must have both arms and both legs. How about that? Well, he helps us in so many ways, doesn't he? So why don't we just take just two minutes? Can we do two minutes? Because the Bible says when we pray in the Spirit, we're not really talking to a man, but we're talking unto God. How be it in the Spirit... When we're praying in our unknown language, our native tongue from heaven, we are praying out mysteries. In other words, we're conversing with God. Probably you could say it this way. I mean, God just loves to hear from us all the time because he loves, he loves us and he loves to hear your voice. But we probably even pray more intelligent when we're praying in the Spirit. Because we're contacting God and he's contacting us on his level. So sometimes when you're praying in the spirit, you're praying about things for you or others that you don't even know of unless he, unless he tells you what it is. And it's just really good that when we pray that God gave us a way and he chose it. In heaven it won't work this way, but on earth it works this way. So he said, when you pray, I'll listen. And the Holy Spirit won't do the praying for you, but he'll do the praying through you. So what we're going to do is we're going to release, we're going to release heaven tonight through a heavenly dialogue. We're going to say things that we wouldn't know to say. We're going to we're going to bypass our head and come right out of our spirit, because out of your spirit flows a river of living water. Uh, what we have in our head is we have we have our we have knowledge and information and all the things that we've stored in our lifetime, good things, things that aren't so good, accumulated knowledge, and sometimes that's enough to help us. 
but many times it's not enough. It's just it's too short. So we need to be able to contact God. One of the coolest things about praying in the Holy Ghost is, you know, the devil has a hard time getting involved in it because he doesn't know what you're saying. A lot of times what he knows what to do and what, the way he learns to work against you is because we tell too much to too many people. We get excited because God tells us, well, I'm going to do this and I'm going to use you to do that and then this is going to happen. He hears all that, so he sets off because he has the same information you do. You're praying in the Spirit, he's really, 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 he's really, he's got two hands tied behind his back. So let's just go ahead and tie his hands behind his back for two minutes. Let's just release whatever he might want to do in your life, in the life of everybody else in this room tonight. I've got some things I've prepared, but he might want to say other things. I have what I believe he wants me to share. Uh, I didn't pick something. I listened. I heard. So I believe this is from him. But it may come out different. So let's just let's just go to him. Father, we just bless you tonight. We just give you praise and honor and glory. You're a good God, and we just magnify you and bless you. You're so wonderful, and you're so glorious. And, Father, I just thank you, Lord, for this wonderful group of people that's here tonight who love you, who came to hear your word, to fellowship with one another, to be strengthened by one another, to be strengthened by your word, Father God. Father, we have people who tonight who have expectation. We have people here tonight who has a hunger and a desire. They're willing to do what most people aren't willing to do tonight. And, Father, I just thank you, Lord, because of that. I just ask you to bless them extra good tonight, extra good tonight. That We're just not going to come and say we had church and we showed up, and we do that because we do that. But, Father, I thank you because we're here. We know that you're here. And you were here before we got here, but we, each one of us brought, us brought you with us, but you're also here among us corporately. And we just pray now in the Holy Spirit, asking for wisdom and guidance, asking you to flow and to move and to have your way through our lives tonight. In Jesus' name, let's pray. With all the praise and all the honor and all the glory, Lord, we praise you. We lift up your name. We pray that everything that will be said and done tonight will magnify you, glorify you, and bless you. We bless the Lord at all times. Oh, magnify the Lord with us. We will magnify your name and give you all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Proverbs 7, 20, 17, if you had not found it. Different translation says it a different way. Um. I could tell you the story of why I'm, I'm even teaching this. You, you, you know these things, but it just helps us. We're living in a different time than anyone who's ever been on the earth. A lot of ways our lives are better and easier than people who lived before us, maybe because of technology. Sometimes our technology has not helped us. Sometimes it's hurt us. You know, it's... It's wonderful to take a, a phone that costs $1,000, which is $1,000, which is really a computer. Actually, what this is, least, the least thing that this does is to be used as a telephone. You can make calls and you can receive calls, right? But it, that's the least that it does. Now, we got it because we need to have calls. It's changed our life so much that sometimes we figure out, why would I buy this and one at home? So 
I struggled with that for a long time as a pastor, thinking, well, I need to have a landline, and I need this, and I need that, and then need something the car tells me how to go, and they had the thing that you plugged on your dash that kept on falling off, and I still got that, and I wished, you know, even a pawn shop don't want that, and I'm thinking, but man, that was two, three hundred $300. They wouldn't give you $15 for it. So I'm have a hard time throwing it away somewhere someone else to just throw it away for me. <laughs> you ever bought the one you stuck on your dash? Yeah, well, nobody wants that anymore. They've, they've moved past that. It's just like I still have hundreds, if not thousands, of cassette tapes. What am I going to do with them? I put in one the other day to see if it worked. It did. His brother Hagen, he was saying, Bless the Lord. It's because it was dragging. Brother Hagen getting it slower, but the technology wasn't able to keep it 20-something years. Well, then we finally moved into, we upgraded to the CD world. I don't know why we had to get past that. So I bought a truck a few years ago, and I was happy. Then one day I said, man, on my first trip, I'm going to take this tape and this tape and this tape. Got in there, put my CD in my truck. Guess what? You can't play it. You can't play a CD in that truck. And I said, how's that moving forward? I looked and I looked and I looked and I looked and I called the dealer. He said, you can quit looking. You don't have that. I said, well, how am I supposed to play it? Well, if you got something that you can like, you can download it into here. Then you can hook this up to that, do that. I said, I don't want to do all that. First, I don't know how to download that into here. Two, I don't want to do that and take off all the storage. Two, I don't know how to hook this up to that radio in the truck. And three, I'm tired of talking to you already. Goodbye. I didn't say it that way, but I'm just like, and this, and this is a good thing, huh? So, you know, there's something about this I have them. I'm sure you have them. There's Bible apps. And, and some people just study the Bible for their phone. You just do what you want to. I'm just glad you study your Bible. I like to study with my Bible. I've got a lot of books on Kindle, but I have a lot of books. There's some books I want to hold. There's some books I want to mark up. You know, and uh, so everything's going to be changing in us and around us as long as we're in the earth. Some of it we'll like and some of it we won't like. But here's the, here's the deal. What won't change is God. And the thing is, he's not old-fashioned. He's just right up to date. So when people invent something that's never been invented, you know, they don't go back and share with God and say, guess what I just thought of? No, he just got revealed to you. The ability to have air conditioning was here since the beginning of the time, but no man knew it. So they didn't know how to utilize it. They didn't know how to have electricity, so they couldn't harness the power that was there. So no one benefited from it. Well, God put all that in the earth. There was oil under the earth for years, but there was no use for it. There was no automobile. And so it was thousands of years that man never used, utilized the resource that God had already placed in the earth. It's, you know, it's almost... Now, don't quote me on this because I'm just using my, this is my opinion. It's almost like God knows the future. That, that's a joke, by the way. How many think he knows the future? I believe he does. So I want to talk a little bit about joy tonight. Joy. And uh, we know some things about joy, but I find that joy is something that's easy to lose. Hmm? Matter of fact, when I went to ask that guy about helping me, just to be honest with you, my feet were hurting. And then I thought, well, I won't ask him. And I know his feet aren't hurting. So I got a new perspective. I was glad that I had a, a toe or a foot that could hurt. Because here's a guy who didn't have either one of them. But they found a job he could do and security and he had a great attitude I didn't, we know I didn't talk to him about that but I'm just saying it's easy to lose your joy because we you know we just we're so blessed in this nation we're so blessed that that we we've come to expect and desire and want and enjoy life in a way that most nations don't have a they don't even have a basis to understand where we're coming from. Uh, you could go many places, but I was talking with uh, 
Pastor C today, and we was talking about some of these things about the trip, and then, and uh, Pastor Matt will be going here, and they'll be going what uh, a week or two, and they'll be gone to Peru. But every year they go over there, they go see a different group of people up on Mount Cusco. They told Pastor C that said, if you want to come see a different group every time and bless a different group every time, you'll never live long enough to go all the way around the mountain. That's how many people live on this mountain. You'll never get to enough people in your lifetime. So every woman, every time they go there, they get the same trip. Or they, 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 someone asked them this question. So they're coming in with all these supplies that are just ordered to sustain life. Blankets and scarves and hats and um, sunscreen, you know, because their skin literally peels off their face and off their lips. And uh, uh, if they have a major problem, they can't get they can't get to a major hospital because of the situation of the roads for hours. You could die before they could get you there. It may not be that many miles. Dennis has been there, so he knows exactly what I'm talking about. But they just can't get in there. They don't have a paved highway interstate to get you to, you know, St. Vincent's or somewhere. So you'd bleed God or die. But here's the question they get every time they go from someone. So they're bringing all these supplies and ministering the gospel. And the people say, where did this stuff come from? Or where are you all from? And they said, we're from America. And so people will say, what's America? Where's Where's America? They said, the United States. They said, we never heard of that. Can, can, can you imagine? I mean, as far as the population, what, what are we? We're only about, what, 6 or 8% of the population of the world. But we're kind of well known, wouldn't you say? We're the wealthiest nation on the earth, right? Most people at least heard of the United States, right? So there's people who live in a world that does not even know that this nation even exists. So a lot of times they'll go out there and they'll preach the gospel and they'll say, they said, you know, say, well, do you, do you know Jesus? Have you accepted Jesus? And they'll say, who's he? Well, I don't know about you. I've led a lot of people to Jesus personally and corporately, but I've never started from the place. I've never started from the place of who who's Jesus. They've heard God. They don't know sometimes if that's the sky or the mountains or nature or st- stick or a rock or whatever, but, th- but they never heard of Jesus and they never heard of America. So you can see how ripe the harvest is. And if you brought them over here and they lived like you and I lived, even as, of the poorest Americans, they would consider us to be very, very, very wealthy. You know, your friend, uh, Joe Sunday, that's not his name, but that's what he lets us call him because so, I can't pronounce his other names. But his, 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 his income, he's, he does hair, right? So his average income for a month is what? $60 a month. And he's a deacon in his church. Now, when I say church, he asked me what I send pictures of this church. I, I almost didn't want to uh, because he saw him and he was just flabbergasted. I took pictures of the inside and the outside for him so he could show it to this church. And they don't have a world like that. So when you see the church they're in and the building they're in and what they have to work with, you realize that we are a really blessed people. And isn't it funny that the most blessed people in the world can sometimes be the most oppressed? Did you know that this nation, uh, have, you know, we're, we're, we've had it for years, but it, it doesn't decrease, it increases. We're in an epidemic when it comes to drugs. And there's so many people in this world for different reasons, some medically and some for other reasons, are, are of, of all type of uh, depression and antidepressants. And I know there could be chemical imbalances and all kind of stuff like that. I'm not discarding that. And if you take anything, that's that's fine. I'm not I'm not anti that. I'm just saying. But if if you're depressed because my life is not what I hoped it would be, well, no one in here probably thought your life would be the way it is. Well, I don't I don't know if I said that right. 
How many, if not today, there was a time in your life a year ago, five years, 10 years ago, 20 years ago that you thought you would be, your life would have looked differently than what it, the one it turned out? My, mine did. Mine has. Uh, I, I had a different expectation what I thought it would look like, at least by a certain time. Does that fit y'all? And that can be in relationships and marriage, what you're going through in your life. Um, it can be physically or emotionally, just a, a lot of things. So life's not fair, is it? The answer is no. Life is not fair. And so the only thing that we have that is a constant and that is right all the time is God because he's always good. And so that's all that he is. He's just good. There's not a good and an evil. The, the Old Testament looks like he's good and evil, but that's a misunderstanding of God. The New Testament said that no one in the Old Covenant knew God. No one. Jesus came and he revealed, Jesus came and revealed the Father. In the Old Testament, you can't find anyone saying Father because they didn't know him as Father. They knew him as Jehovah, Elohim, El Shaddai, God, but no one until Jesus came to the earth, ever referred to God as Father. So there was no fatherhood principle for them to even understand. So I like that we're able to say Father because he's a good Father. So when Moses wanted to see the glory of God, God said, okay, but here's we'll do it. He said, I will let you see my goodness. No, I want to see your glory. God said they're the same thing. So God doesn't have anything in him but good. And when sometimes things don't happen in your life the way you wanted it to, or maybe God didn't quite answer the prayer the way you thought it was, it was still that he's good. Would you be honest with me if this, if this is true to you, that there's some prayers that you did pray at one time that you're thankful that God never answered that way? Yeah. I mean, at the time that you prayed that you really was desiring and you, you wanted and thought you really needed to happen this way, but now that you're further down the road, you can almost say, thank God he didn't do that. <laughs> so, like I said, I think it's almost like he knows the future. Which means you're pretty smart. But here's the deal. Proverbs 7, 2, 22 says, a merry heart does good like a medicine. A merry heart does good like a medicine. So God talks about medicine and he talks about your heart. Well, we could talk about medicine and the physical heart. Maybe, maybe you know someone, or maybe you take some type of medicine for your heart. Could be blood pressure or whatever, or just to keep the rhythm or regulate it, or you know whatever issues you, you could have or, uh, with your heart. Well, when you go to the doctor and you he prescribes medicine, he prescribes the medicine. Let's just say he's a good doctor and he's trying to help you. I think most of them are. That's that's the goal. May not may not work that way, but I think that's the majority. That's hopefully that's what's working. They want to help, and uh, so they prescribe something that they believe will help you. But that medicine comes with instructions, doesn't it? In other words, you can't just say when you go to bed at night, put it beside your pillow and sleep with the little pill. You know that little cylinder rolled up next to you, keep it close to you, and. It, just knowing that this medicine is close to you will make you feel better. Well, it doesn't work that way. What do you have to do? You have to take the medicine, right? You have to take it internally, unless it's a lotion or a cream that you rub on. You, you, have, to, you have to take it and swallow it. And then you have to take instructions. You take it before you eat. Do you take it after you eat? Do you take it once a day, three times a day? Do you, so you have, you have to follow the instructions. And if you trust the doctor, and he says, if you'll take this and you take it for 10 days or two weeks, you'll be better. So you put faith in him. Might be a natural faith, but you put faith in him, and you put a certain amount of faith in that medicine. So you kind of mix faith with the medicine. What do we do? God's word's medicine. But Hebrews 4 said we need to mix faith with it. Right? So the, the heart is so important. So Proverbs seven twenty two says, A merry heart does good like a medicine, but if your spirit becomes broken and dried up, it'll dry up your bones. Now, that's just not a catchy saying. What it literally means is he's given you a, a medical fact that our bones, our physical bones, whether it be any of them, 
your knees, your 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 ankles, your arthritis, your your spine, anything. Bones become become brittle. You can develop all type of arthritis, all kind of things, because of the bones. Things dries up. Things degenerate. Hmm. And he said, but the key to that, to fix that, is make sure that you have a merry heart. Well, you say, well, I'm having, I can't have a merry heart because my bones hurt. Well, maybe your bones started hurting because you forgot to have a merry heart. Could be now. Let's just pretend. Let's pretend that God put it in order. A merry heart works like medicine. It is medicine, but a broken spirit dries up the bones. So let's pretend like God got the order of that right. Have a merry heart so that you won't have dried up bones. Are y'all cool? Or y'all hot? Or you wish you'd go off and stay off? There we go. If you get hot, wave your hands. We'll do something. The, the, the God Words translation says it this way. A joyful heart and good medicine is good medicine, but depression drains one's strength. So if you have a, a joyful heart, he said it's medicine. God said happiness or joy is medicine. So we know this. We won't turn there, but Galatians 5.22 gives us the list of the fruit of the Spirit. Joy is, is one of those fruit, isn't it? Well, and, I, and I'll read it to you. You don't have to turn there, but Galatians 5.22 says, For the fruit of the Spirit is, is love. That's really what it is, love, I think then the rest of the fruit comes out of love. But the scripture says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, and faithfulness. Well, these are all fruit of the Holy Spirit who lives in you. So if the Holy Spirit lives in you and this is his fruit, guess whose fruit? Also, it is. Yours, right? And how many of these are spiritual forces? Right? So joy is a, just like faith is, like love is, joy is a, is a force. It has to be a force if it's a medicine. Joy has to have some type of energy or force to be a healing agent to, to, for God to call it a medicine. The uh, Passion Translation, which is really good, says, but the fruit produced by the Spirit within you is divine love, and it's varied expressions. Joy that overflows. Peace that subdues. Patience that endures. Kindness in action. A life full of virtue. Faith that prevails. Gentleness of heart. Strength of spirit. So, so, so that he says, so never set the law above these qualities, for they are meant to be limitless. In other words, can't overdose on these things. There's no law against this. You, you say, well, don't take this for three times a day. Take all you want. Take all you want. Some say, well, I just don't have no joy. Well, you need, you need an overdose. Amen. Maybe we just need to hold you down, tickle you for a while. No one wants to do that. No one raised their hand for that. Now, here's something the Lord shared with me. I'm sure he's used this for many people. This was uh, two weeks ago. And I was, I was, uh, <laughs> well, well, this particular year, I've, I, I've seen a few doctors. So he said, he says, let me tell you one of the worst. I'm in the waiting room, waiting. That's, oh, that's why they call it that, <laughs> waiting room. You know, I, I, I don't understand why they want you to be there at 10 when they're not going to see you at about 2 o'clock. I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't understand that. You know, but anyway, so... Uh, it's called, so the Spirit of God said, he said, let me tell you one of the worst diseases known to mankind. I'm just in the waiting room, minding my own business. And I says, well, what is it? He said, put this into your phone because you don't have nothing to write with, and I'll talk to you about it later. I thought he was going to call out a disease, you know, like, uh, you know, I don't know. He said, it's called destination disease. I said, destination disease. So the next day when I was home, I looked at my phone. I said, what were you talking about? 
He said, destination disease is an epidemic in the world. He said, sadly, it's, it's an epidemic in the church, and it shouldn't be so. I said, well what, it, well, what is it? He says, and then I wrote this down, I'll be happy when blank happens. Now, I'm talking to everybody in here at some time in your life. I'll be happy when this problem goes away. I'll be happy when I feel better. Just fill in the blanks. I'll be happy when I get married. I'll be happy when I get children. I'll be happy when these children go away. No, I know just I mean, it's just, I don't know. It's just being, uh, you know, I'm just saying things that people might say. You know, now this is not my list. Uh, I'll be happy when I get a home or a new home, a car or a better car. I'll be happy when I get more money or pay my house off, when I can go out and eat. I'll be happy when my when my when my husband takes out the trash or picks up his clothes or something. I, I'll be happy when I retire. I'll be happy. Fill in the blank. Do you think everyone here in this room and around the world, Christian and non-Christian, has had destination disease before? Not not tonight, not on Wednesday crowd, but I, but I, you know I'm just talking about. You can think of someone who has destination disease. So if that's a mindset. Destination diseases is a mindset. And it's not God's mindset. So he said this is an epidemic in the, in the earth. So the person that believes their joy is, is, uh, depends on their circumstances. And if I can get my circumstances to change, then I'll be happy. But see, happiness is not the same as joy, is it? We like happy. How many like happy? I like happy. I prefer happy, but happy is not the same as joy if you want to do a study on it. Happy pretty much is people are happy when they're, they got happier circumstances. But the joy of the Lord is the fruit of the Spirit, so it's not dependent on your circumstances because it's the fruit of the Spirit. The Spirit. So if, if joy was based on circumstances, now remember, joy is the fruit of the Spirit. So that would mean that if the Holy Spirit's not having a great day, he has, he has no joy. You don't believe that, do you? So we know that if joy derives from the Holy Spirit, it's not, it's not based on what is happening or what's not happening. So we, we, since we have him in us, we have his nature, we have his joy, our joy should not depend on what is and what's not and what they're going to do and what they're not going to do if it works out tomorrow, what the report says, or how I feel like this, it should be based upon knowledge. It should be based upon relationship. It should be based upon the word of the Lord said. Would you agree with that? So circumstances can play a role, and I I know they do. Circumstances can play a role in our emotions, uh, but we should not let our emotions dictate us. I said before, there is such a thing as chemical imbalances but I think a lot of that is unnecessary. It's because you haven't taken the authority over your emotions, so the emotions are still doing what they're doing. And so you've, we've learned that we can control them with certain chemicals in our body, which was never God's best. Thank God for help, but the problem is we, do, we depend on too much stuff. And if you, was, if you was in another country or you was out in Mount Cusco, you wouldn't have that. You'd get help or you'd go home. Because they they don't have they don't have that privilege, so maybe it's not a privilege. Maybe it's caused us to, maybe it's caused us to place our dependency somewhere else. Uh, another verse you know very well, uh, Philippians chapter four verse ten eleven. This is what the Apostle Paul said. He said, "I've learned in whatever my circumstances is, whatever state I'm in." Paul said, "Whatever state I'm in," he said. He said, "He said it doesn't even matter if I'm in Georgia." or Virginia, or North Carolina, whatever state I'm in. He said, to be content. I know how to be abased. I know how to, I know how to live at the same place in my emotions, in my faith, in my joy, whether I'm abased, doing without, or whether I'm abounding. He said, those things don't change me. I've learned how to live in either one of those states, either one of those circumstances. They will not affect the internal part of me, of my spirit. But we do have emotions. God gave us our emotions. 
He wanted us to have emotions. He wanted your emotions to be a blessing to you. But he doesn't want your emotions to cripple you and to stop you and to become a curse in your life. Amen. I was talking with someone today, and I was asking about so-and-so, and I said, well, have you heard from so-and-so? This was uh, another minister, and he says, no, and I'm concerned about him. He said he's, he's, he's been through a lot. He's an older man. His, um, he said um, his, um, his son passed away, you know what, three years ago. I said, yeah, and he was kind of young. And he said, uh, and then for, and then he said, and then he came down real sick, and they gave him only a few months to live, and then he got better. The father, and then for no reason, apparently his wife, who was super healthy, she died a few months after the son, and he won't, he doesn't want to talk to anybody, and he won't let nobody in his life, and he's devastated. Well, you say, well, he shouldn't be. Well, maybe you never lived like that. Maybe you've never been through that. So it's real easy to say, well, the Bible says so. So well, we, well, we know the Bible says that. Amen. But it, but it takes a while sometimes. You know, especially with a loved one, right? You know, if, if, you didn't, if you didn't have the ability to love someone, then you wouldn't know loss. You wouldn't know grief, right? And, and, and then some things are out of habit. I mean, I know for the first, I've shared this many times, but... As close as I live, Barbara was, you know, next house to my mother, and I'm, I can beat my mother's house in a minute or less. So, you know, we, we check on her every day. So for two or three weeks, just out of habit, I, you know, I just, out of habit, for two or three weeks, I, I grabbed the keys, and I said, I'll be right back. I'm going to go check on my, check on, oh, no, I'm not going to check on her. <laughs> She's not there to check on. But see, I, I'm just so used to, I better go check, make sure she has this. Better go check, make sure she's okay with this. So I had a habit for doing that for years. You know? And I hate to say this, but sometimes when they get older, they need a lot of help. And there are some days that you, whoo, a little bit tired. And uh, now I wouldn't mind if she came back and needed a little bit of help for a little while. <laughs> I could do all that. So I said, all right, I'll do it. I'll take you tomorrow. We'll go here. We'll go there. We'll do this. Oh, sure. Make you 14 points. I'll take you to all of them. Tell me all your problems, whatever. Just just want to see you for a minute or two. Well, so we don't know what we miss until we miss, right? So we're kind of spoiled that way. So we have those emotions, but don't let them rule us. And so when the loved one goes, the Bible says that we are not to sorrow like the world sorrows. Why? Because God gave us something. We have, we have knowledge. We have information. We have the comforter. I forget which one of the kids came out of children's church. And I asked him, uh, this was a few months ago, I says, what did you learn in church that they said about the Holy Spirit? And I said, you did. I forget which one of the kids. And I said, uh, what did you learn? He said, he's our comfortable. I said, oh, he's our comfortable. <laughs> well, I wasn't going to mess with that at all. I said, I'll, I'll let him go with that. <laughs> well, what does a comforter do? It makes you comfortable, doesn't it? It's just, so just another translation, right? Put it in their word. Oh, he's our comfortable. <laughs> so Paul says, no matter what your state, I learned how to live above the stuff. So let's just get above it. When you get it, when you get in the plane, the stewardess comes on. She goes through her whole deal. She has to do it. She has to stand there. She has to tell you what the oxygen mask is. She has to tell you. In case of emergency, what? You know, this is going to fall out. If you got a, a kid traveling with you, what do you do first? You put yours on first. Why? Because, if you, you know, if you pass out, you can't help the kid next to you. So you take care of you so you can take care of the young person or the elderly person next to you, right? But they also tell you, well, you know, we're headed up to about twenty or 30,000 feet. But in doing that, sometimes we'll go through some turbulence. How many have ever flown through turbulence? That's just, I don't, I, don't, I don't know if you ever get used to it. I don't like it, do you? It just feels like the plane, the plane's going to break in, like to a jigsaw puzzle. And I don't, I don't, that doesn't really feel comfortable at 10,000 feet in the air because I think the, I don't know, it's hard on the bones at 10,000 feet. But they said that, they said on our way to a more desirable altitude, you may, disturb, you may experience some turbulence. So we're headed somewhere. And into a heavenly realm, but to get there, you may go through some turbulence. 
Oh, that was good. Yeah, praise the Lord. Amen. You know, I worked hard to do this. Every now and then, y'all tell me that was good. You know, I'm just as human as you are. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So Proverbs, Matthew 18 says it this way. Don't turn there. Jesus said, unless you're converted and you come to me as a little child, you can by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Wow. Now, the word has different, different meanings, but the words converting, uh, converted means change. So Jesus said, unless you change, and in your relationship to me, unless you come to me as a child, you can't enter into heaven. Well, how are, how are children when they're young? Without calling any names to change their attention, there's one in here that didn't have a clue what's going on and just had a bunch of fun. Not really worried if mom or dad has made the car payment or if there's anything to eat in the refrigerator. When you just raised your children, did, did they ask you, have you made the mortgage yet? <laughs> no. So that's the, but you, you were the same way. I was the same way as a child. What happened to us? What happened to us? How did we go from carefree to this? What do y'all think it is? Anybody want to say? I'm sorry, I got this thing. Yeah, we depended on ourselves. Yeah. I mean, somebody else was taking care of us, and we, we were trusting that person to take care of everything without giving it a thought. Then we came to know God, and, we, and then we, we grew up, and we found out that God needs us to do everything. Now, I don't know if this is true, but I'm just reading you someone who's really smart, who studies this. So this may not be true, but we know, that we know the principle is true. Psychologist says that children laugh up to 400 times a day. while adults laugh 15 times. Some of you didn't get your 15 today either. <laughs> Especially if you work with, in retail. <clears throat> what does that mean? 400. So Jesus said, unless you come to me as a child, be converted, you can't enter into the, the kingdom of heaven. He's not saying heaven. He's talking about the kingdom of heaven, the operation of heaven, how heaven is going to work in your life, how the kingdom can work in your life. He said, you're going to have to come to me as a child. Come to me as a child. You know, God's not impressed that you know Greek and Hebrew. I don't know. I, I mean, I, I got books, and I'll go look them up, and I'll say well, the Hebrew word is... I can't even pronounce it. So, I mean, a lot of times I don't. There's some people really smart that say, now the Hebrew word is that is, and they break it up in 47,000 syllables. And I say, I'm just going to say the word this in Hebrew means this. If you need someone smart, you just go to another church. I'm just not ever going to be that smart. If it bothers you, it just, it just don't bother me at all. Not at all. So, uh, so children laugh all the time. Have, have y'all ever noticed your kids or grandkids when they're playing and it's raining, they love to go play in a mud puddle with their, with their brand new white tennis shoes on? Is there any of you adults who play in mud puddles with your brand new white tennis shoes or shoes on? But you did as a kid. What happened? You say, I bought these shoes myself. <laughs> so see, there, there's a whole different perspective. And what happens, comes into our life as adults is the stress of life comes in. Responsibility of life comes in. You feel like people is looking to you, right? You're, you're the answer person. You know, and so you, we take that stress and we turn it, we, we, we internalize the stress. And it becomes a part of our life. And it, it, it deals with your emotions. And when it deals with your emotions... That goes over into the area of your physical body. And it may take a while, but your physical body in so many ways begins to break down under the stress. 
It won't happen in a day. It may not happen in a year. It may take five years. But it, 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 there's, there's things that go on in our body, and a lot of it's just due to stress. And, and, uh, but uh, so this, that, that's what the study said. It said, uh, but laughter, the psychologist said, laughter, we have found out, should become a part of your regular discipline. I don't have time to read the whole thing, the study they did in different colleges, but the end of it was you need to find some way, whether it's a funny book or go to a comedy show, you need to find a way to laugh, adults, at least 100 times a day. And you'll still be behind your child 300 times. Well... So laughter is has been proven to enhance medically longevity of life, health, mental well-being, and strength. <clears throat> y'all, y'all remember Joseph Fry, right? And his uh, uh, his first wife's mother, Miss Azor. Uh, the last time she was able to come, she was 102 years old. Here, so I asked her to pray for me. I said, Sister Azora, and she was a school teacher by trade. I said, would you pray for me? She said, what do you want me to pray? I said, whatever you feel led to pray. But I says, uh, she says, uh, she says, you want to live long? I says, yeah, if I'm, if I'm like you. So she prayed, and I says, can you give me any advice for how to live long? And she says, always do what God tells you to do. And number two, don't ever take yourself too seriously. She says, do not take yourself too seriously. And you can live a much longer life. Well, she, she believed it. And, well, I guess it was 102, right? 102. Now, she was an educator. Amen. She went to Tuskegee. When there wasn't no electricity to go to Tuskegee with. And in, in American history... At, at, at that time in our history, in race and the racial problems in our nation at that time, can you imagine what she had to do, go through to become an educator? And I just told her how proud I was of her that to even know her and apologize for everyone who had pale skin of what they might have done that made the whole race. And she said, oh, honey, that don't bother me. And I said, but I know it had to happen to you. She said, I don't dwell on that. She said, I dwell on the love of God. She said, you didn't do it to me, did you? I said, well, no, I wouldn't hear. She says, but she says, so that's not my thing. She says, but just, she said, Pastor West, just don't take your, she says, take your call ministry seriously, but don't take yourself seriously. That's, that's, that's great advice. Because when you do, you're going to internalize that stress. It's going to get into your emotional realm, and your physical, physical body is going to begin to pay the price one day. So, all right, moving right along. Uh, these are all one-liners, but really they're all, they're, they're all could be just be preached on for a whole week or two. Nehemiah 8.10 says, the, what, the joy of the Lord is your what? This is, this is a Bible verse. It made it in the Bible. Joy of the Lord is your strength. I don't know why, but God chose joy to be the strengthening agent of the believer. He could have chose anything, but he said, I'm going to choose joy and it will be what will strengthen your physical being, your mental being, and cause you to have long life. Uh, one of my favorite verses in the entire Bible is this one, Romans fifteen thirteen says, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. Now may the God of hope, so God is a God of what? Hope. Ooh, he wants us to have hope. And he said, fill you with all joy. And peace in believing. So it's saying now, not tomorrow, now, may the God of all hope, all hope, not some hope, fill you, not half fill you, not a third fill you, with all joy in believing. So our joy and emotions looks like they're tied, according to that verse, in what we believe. So how you believe is tied to that verse. So the verse, once again, may the God of all hope fill you with joy and peace but it comes in your believing. So how you're believing is going to affect 
your joy and your peace. Because these are, these are still all fruit of the Spirit. But your believing has everything to do with it. If you don't believe, how can you have hope? And if you, ha- you don't have any hope, how can you have faith? And if you, do- and if you don't ever have joy, you- you're telling me you're in faith? I'm just believing in God. Just really believing in God. This is going to turn out better. Man, we're believing. Do you believe that? Well, it's, it's not going to turn out better with, with that type of joy, right? Joy, joy should have some type of expression. You don't have to be bouncing off the walls. But when you're joyous, it's easy to be interpreted. So, so he tells us joy, uh, now, now the joy, not tomorrow, not next month, not next year. Moving right along. Philippians 4, 4 through 7 says, Rejoice in the Lord in the month of September. No. Rejoice in the Lord when? Always. And again, Paul had to say it twice. So he said it twice, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, he says, I say rejoice. He said, the Lord is at hand. Well, the Lord is at hand now. The Lord is at hand here. The Lord is at hand in your life. The Lord is in your car on the way home, and he's at the house where you get there. He's everywhere, but he's at hand. He's working in your life. So since he is, he tells us, he says, don't be anxious for nothing. Brother Hagin used to say, that's a little blind to us. So that he liked to amplify it. He says, this is, he says don't, don't, don't be, or uh, I think the King James says, don't be anxious. The, maybe it's the amplifier says, you know, don't take the care. Don't take the care. Because you're taking the care, you're taking the stress. Everyone else that's in here has done this because you know they're looking for you to fix it. They need you to do this. They need you to do that. And if you don't do this, I'm not going to be able to do this. And if you can't help me, I'm, I got a letter last week from a, well, if I knew, told you who, who he was, you'd know who he was. You just ain't seen him in a while. Could you help me? I'm in prison. I've made bad decisions. I'd like to come back to church. This is my last stamp. Dear God, I hope you get this letter. <laughs> it's like, it's like all the times we talked and all the counseling and all the things and all the, the groceries and all the time that we, we spent. I wouldn't listen to anything. Well, he's listening now. So, you know, so when you're there and you're going to be there a while and you don't have any essentials, essentials and you don't have any money, and when he gets out, he doesn't have any family. So when he gets out, he has nowhere to go live when he gets out, has no way to get out, doesn't have a job, doesn't have a car, will have felonies, and he has nowhere to go to when he gets out. Would you please have the church pray for me? Would you please ask the men someone to write me a letter please help me this is my last stamp I hope this is the dress the best it's the church best I remember could you at least include enough money to buy stamps I'm not living in that world today are you for him it's a real world now his choice is put in there but my choice is to the life put me somewhere, maybe not there, but somewhere else. So the Lord says, I, I, look here, go ahead and rejoice. Don't put your joy off to tomorrow. Go ahead and rejoice. I'm here. I'm at hand. Don't be anxious for anything, nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God which passes all your understanding, I'll guard your heart. There's your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. It's really important that God tells you to guard your heart. So Paul, this is the book of Philippians. You have to remember when Paul is writing this, he's writing this letter, these instructions to the church at Philippi, he's, Paul's writing them about joy from jail. Joy, uh, Paul is in, is in prison writing a letter. Philippians really is about joy. 
and he's writing this from, he's an inmate. Ain't anything wrong, but he's locked up. Actually, actually, he was, uh, he's under house arrest, can't leave the house, and he couldn't leave for two years. And he's writing about joy. Wow, that's something to learn, right? So I guess house arrest would be better. Than, but you know, could you imagine not living your leaving your home for two years? You know, or the people who do it nowadays—they got to put the what the bracelet around their ankle. You know, this monitored, and someone. You know, wow. Well, coming to a close, Proverbs sixteen eleven says, "In His presence." Is fullness of joy. So, so how do I get more joy? Well, there it is. In his presence is fullness of joy. Well, how do I do that? You might have to delete some other things. You know, it's, it's kind of hard to watch your favorite series on TV. Praying. Well, I'm just going to try to do both. No, I'm not going to call Michelle serious. She has a show she likes to see every now and then. I'm just thankful we have more than one TV. Thank God. I tried to watch it. I, I, I tried. I tried to see what they see in it. I tried. I just, I just don't see it, Brother Jamie. I just don't see it. I just don't see what they see in that show. But, you know, <laughs> that wouldn't be a time... If, that, if, if you enjoy that show and it causes tears, that wouldn't be a good time for to mix in your prayer, t- your, your prayer time, wouldn't it? You're like, I love, it, I love it. Oh, my gosh. Oh, no, she, oh, no he did. Uh, I love you. <laughs> so in, in his presence, right, I try, to get into the, I try to get into the Christmas movies. I like some of them, but they're just, they're just all too predictable. You know, they're, they're just... I mean, I, I guess it has to work that way. Most of the Christmas movies are all romance. You notice that? You say, well, you don't like romance? Well, yeah, I like romance, of course. But I'm just saying, but it's just these two people. It takes them two hours to figure out how to get together, and they get it done in the last six minutes. And they got to go through all this rigmarole, and they like, they don't like, and all this, and she's about to marry this one, but, you know, she ain't really happy, but she's going to do it anyway. And, and but then here's this other guy, and he's really the guy that she likes. But you know she's so committed over here. So it takes you down to the last four to six minutes to ever get ever get loose to get married. You're like Merry Christmas. I'm like, huh? Yeah, it's a chick flick. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'd rather watch basket weaving. But anyway. But in his presence is fullness of joy. So you'll have to have some time where you can just be with him and he can be with you. Right? In his presence. In his presence. In his presence, there's fullness of joy. Don't work God into your life. God doesn't want to be number one in your life. He doesn't like being on a list with numbers. He wants to be your life. That may be a play of words, but he, he didn't want to, well, God's God number one, there's number two. No, he, he's my life. You're, everyone here is born again, right? You're, you're one breath away from meeting him. Right? You, you don't get your next breath, you're, you're, you're about to go meet him. Right? So in his presence is fullness of joy. Your joy will increase as you move into the greater realm of his, of his presence. Last verse, and we'll close here. Oh, I went five minutes over, so i got to hurry. Romans four seventeen, The kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Now, if I'd have wrote that scripture, I would have changed a little bit. I would have said, the kingdom of God is not only eating and drinking, <laughs> but, but the King, King Jimmy said, the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness. So the kingdom of God is what? Is what three things? Righteousness, peace, and what? That means joy is one-third of the kingdom. One-third of the kingdom is joy? 
So did you get your 400 laughs in today? 200? Anybody get 50 in? Who give me ten? Give me ten. One. <laughs> no. Did I preach the Bible? Is the Bible true? Can we learn something here? Could we help ourselves here? Y'all are so easy to preach to. I love. I love this church. I I love this church. With I just do. Y'all are so easy to preach to it's just you're addicting and uh, uh, Wednesdays are, are becoming unpopular for churches I don't know what the answer is because uh, the world I don't know how, how did the world change because as far as I know I'm 57 and both, all 57 years so far they still have 24 hours in a day. I just hate to see if we get down to one meeting. Because you can't say everything that needs to be said and cover things in one meeting in an hour. You can't do it. And I'm just hoping that people won't so crowd their life with things and they'll end up not knowing one day until they're in a place how little by little they were deceived little by little and they filled it with something else and they over prioritized this and they called that out i mean there's too much to 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 know and to come together in the fellowship of being with one another and corporately that you can't get done in an hour and uh we was with steve sampson uh, we're, we're gonna have him again pretty soon we haven't had him in years and so in the last meeting we was with him and he's He's a prophet, but he won't tell you he's a prophet, and he's real prophetical, and he's uh, he's uh, he's very accurate when he ministers to you. But anyway, he just said, he said I was in a meeting in uh, Chicago, and he said they had a Saturday night service, and they had a Sunday morning service, and he said on a Saturday night service, he said pretty good sized church. On Saturday night, he said we had two hundred people. He said then it was just. Man, he says, the word was just being pulled out of me. He says, I mean, who, he said, I don't need any notes. And the, and the words of knowledge and the prophetical word was flowing, and it just went on. He said, everybody said it was like it was a, end up being a three-hour service that they thought lasted 20 minutes. He said, he said, the next morning, the regulars came because they didn't want to come to a Saturday night service. So they came to their Sunday service. He said, I preached almost the same thing. I'm the same person. I had the same knowledge. I had the same Bible. I had the, I had the same Holy Spirit. He said, the problem was I couldn't move in it. I couldn't get the words of knowledge to operate. The gifts wasn't in operation. There wasn't any flow. I was thinking what to say. And he said, what's up with that? He said, Saturday night people, they came out of desire. Today's people are here out of duty. I show up out of desire. I'm not too big. He said, I'm not too big on duty. Wow. God wants to be wanted. So I believe he's going to bless you tonight just for being here. How many, to be honest with you, it's just not real convenient for you to be here tonight. Something happened. How many, are, to be honest with you, you might be a little tired from the day. Yeah. Lex, you hadn't done nothing. You, just, you you went to the you went to the zoo. You didn't do nothing. You slid down a giraffe neck. You didn't do nothing. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Well, she's honest. She's tired from the day. But anyway, so I, I just want to tell you how much I appreciate you, and I am thankful, and I hope that you know that I mean that. So get ready for a turnaround. Get ready for a turnaround. Usually when the church looks like it's in its worst shape, it's about ready to be in its best shape. I say that from this. The worst the church looked when Jesus was here was after he died. And uh, when they died, they just didn't understand. And they all scattered, didn't they? 
And then they were afraid for their lives. Peter actually went back to fishing. Maybe he went back to cussing. I don't know. But, 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 but they were all scattered, right? The only one who was brave enough was the women to be out. That's true. But you couldn't find any of the disciples. They'd given their life three and a half years. And now this promised Messiah, he's gone. And they were heartbroken and returned back to their life. You know, they were only 50 days away from Pentecost to the greatest move of God that ever hit the face of the earth when everything that Jesus built looked like it had dispersed and it was all gone away. It looked like it all had fell to pieces. It looked like all that he had done and built and said had all dissipated and disappeared and there was nothing going to happen. And they were less than 50 days away from the Holy Ghost coming from heaven to earth. He was sliding across. Uh, you know, Pastor Bobby Barber used to say, how did he get to the earth? He said, man, he couldn't get there. Because Jesus says, when I leave, he's coming. And when Jesus said that, Pastor Bobby, he was our pastor before I went to Raymond, he said, the Holy Ghost said, that's my clue, I can go down. And he slid across the Milky Ways, and he put his uh, sneakers in, sliding, trying to come to a slowdown and get to, get to the upper room. And he showed up. So when things look like it's, it's falling to pieces, it's about to fall apart, when you're at the end of your rope, here's what you do. Tie a knot on the end of the rope and hang on, baby. That's right. Don't give up because your best days are now and ahead. They used to say just ahead, but they're now because now God of all hope fills you with peace and joy and believing. One third of the kingdom is what? Joy. So if you need to laugh and you don't feel like it, well, just make yourself. Tickle yourself or we'll, or we'll tickle you. I don't do Michelle because Michelle gets, uh, Michelle, Michelle gets violent. I said, well, you're laughing. She said, no, it ain't funny. She says, so I, there, I did it twice in 36 years, and I don't do it anymore because, well, I'll just be honest with what happened to you. She, she, she ran hard as she could in the kitchen and pulled out the longest butcher knife we had. And she says, don't make me. She said, I'll, I'll, I'll carve you up. I'll cut you. I'll, uh, she said, I can't stand, I can't stand it. I can't. She says, don't, don't make me. She says, I'll, I'll, the longest one. And I, and I know her eyes. I looked in the eyes. I says, oh, my gosh, she's, she, she do it. She, she's going to do it. <laughs> so, so if you need to read a funny book, you know, or, or whatever you need to do, you ought to just get off and just don't, don't take yourself that seriously. Just say, I'm going to cast all this care upon the Lord. Because look here, if you could have fixed it by now, you would have already done it, right? Man, I would have. Praise the Lord. If I could have fixed all my problems, they would have been fixed way before today, right? So I'm just going to cast all of them on there and just decide to be full of joy right now, be, be, be happy right now. Man, I got it made. I'm sitting right here in front of an air conditioner. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I mean, God is good. I could be out in the hot field being a brush harbor meeting, fighting, you know, sweating and mosquitoes all over me and all the kind of stuff, preaching under a tent and moss in my face and all that kind of stuff. And someone over on a piano who don't even know how to play it. You ever been to a tent meeting out there? I went to one and, and, they, and I said, is she the player? They said, it's her first time to see him. We tell. It's the first time to even sit down to one. <laughs> And they're like, we'll all get saved if she'll stop and we'll go home right now. I mean, I'll get saved. I'll renounce the devil and every evil work. I'll even quit eating ice cream if she'll just shut up over there. So, <laughs> well, praise the Lord.